Luke chapter 2, would you join me in your Bibles? And right now, Christmas time, sickness, vacations, I appreciate all of the people who are working so very hard behind the scenes, on the platform, to allow us to have in-person service. Would you give all of them a round of applause right now? A lot of sacrifice, a lot of working through challenges. And you can help make this continue to be possible by your cooperation. And it means a whole lot. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Luke 2, 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, old King James spelling Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The angel said, I bring you good news, good tidings of great joy. And in 2020 at Christmas time, we could use a little good news. God bless you. You can be seated. Well, Brother Joel mentioned it a while ago, five short days from Christmas. It is a time of great celebration. We were just singing about the death of Jesus Christ, the purchase of, uh, by the blood of Jesus Christ, of the debt of sin we owed on the cross. But there could not have been a death if there had not been a birth. God with us. God came to us to be one of us and with us to die in our place. We sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. And at this time of the year, I hope you're taking time to worship with the shepherds, to rejoice with the angels, to give gifts fit for a king like the wise men, to sit in awe and ponder like Mary did, and celebrate with Joseph, who is that just man who was allowed to be part of the Christmas story. 2020 has been a rough ride. This year has been marked and marred by so many challenges and crises in our world, in the United States alone. We've had fires in the West, hurricanes in the South, natural disasters that disrupted the lives and destroyed the homes of thousands and thousands of people, businesses, and fractured many families. There are many people who are still struggling to recover from fires and hurricanes, to piece their lives back together and try to get back to business for their own selves. This year we've seen so much social unrest and protest across our country that wreaked havoc on businesses and lives. In this year we've seen political Turmoil leading up to and following this contentious and contested election and elections around our country. And then, and I'm tired of talking about it, and you're probably tired of hearing it, but then there was this little thing called COVID-19. And as of yesterday, COVID-19, still a pandemic. Who would have believed on New Year's Day 2020 Who would have predicted that this year, COVID-19, would be the Grinch that stole Christmas? 
that affected our lives in such a deep way. And every one of us, I think I could safely say, has been personally touched by a family member or friend who has been affected by or maybe lost their life to COVID-19 or side effects, co-mortality uh, factors with COVID-19. 17.5 million cases in our country, 314,000 deaths as of last evening, 1.6 million deaths worldwide in our global community because we are all God's children all over the world. 10,000 deaths in the state of Georgia alone, and I know that many of these deaths are COVID-related illness and deaths. I don't know about you, but I'm weary of this unending drama, and I'm leery about the future because it doesn't seem that it's subsided or going away. From a calendar year, 2020 is a very unique year. Uh, this is more trivia, I guess, but 2020 is like 1616, 1717, 1818, 1919, 2020. And unless you live past 100 years of age, you will not be around for 2121. And I certainly will not be. And I'll be glad to have this unique 2020 behind me so that we can move on to the future that God has for us until the Lord comes back again. I would be fine to not have another year like 2020. It's interesting that many churches who looked to 2020 were casting vision. This was going to be a year of clear 2020 vision where we could see into the future and what God had for the church. But instead, 2020 has been fogged in. Most of us have not been able to see very far into the future for a church, for a business, for a family. Can't make long-term plans because you don't know really what's going to happen. What a year this has been. And it's natural to think that our circumstances are unique. That no one's ever been through anything quite like we're going through right now. And I realize that bad news really outsells good news every time. There's an unquenchable thirst for bad news in our human nature. And this year there's been a bumper crop of bad news. But today I want to give you a perspective about the world into which Jesus Christ came. He came into the world at a time when they, like us, needed a little good news. The writings of J.W. Shepherd on the life of Christ said that in those days it was a state of extraordinary moral degradation. There were 2,000 lords in Rome who owned 1.3 million slaves. And in all the Roman Empire, there were 6 million enslaved people. The rich of that day lived in utmost splendor. Chastity and marriage were the exception, while divorce and immorality were the rule. Corrupt priests preyed on the masses of ignorant and innocent people of the land who trusted them to lead them to God. There were many seductive cults that exerted a degrading influence on their culture. Whatever the Romans brought had no power to cope with the degeneracy of the times. In those days, the philosophy of the Greeks had failed. None of those philosophies could meet the deep moral needs of the darkness of those times. The emperors of Rome were monsters of crime. Thousands of lives were sacrificed in the arena to furnish 
entertainment for the emperor and his guests, a bloodthirsty population. There was luxury in that day beyond description. The horrible character of vice and crime that was witnessed everywhere and it could be seen in the excavated objects from the city of Pompeii and other excavations of sites there. The Roman philosopher Seneca testified that children were considered with great disfavor and that infant exposure was prevalent. The Roman historian Tacitus said that the spirit of the times was to corrupt and to be corrupted. Paul's writings give us a window into the state of the Roman Empire when Paul said because they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. They created idols instead of worshiping the creator. They worshiped that thing which was created. They departed from God. They were debased in their nature. They degenerated and slouched towards Sodom in a world of immorality. This was the moral state of the world into which Jesus Christ came. And it might seem when you read the history, when you see the context of the coming of Jesus Christ, that what God really should have done was bring another flood, a catastrophe to destroy them and take them all away. But in a time when they deserve judgment, God brought mercy. And into the back door of our world, God came because they needed a little good news. In a world that was permeated by darkness, God came in the flesh to be the light of the world. Through the telescope of prophecy, Sister Ruby Martin used to tell us in Bible college, Isaiah looked down into the future, and by the Holy Ghost, he said, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath light shined. Matthew quoted Isaiah when he said, the people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region in shadow of death has light sprung up. And, and then the next verse, Matthew wrote, From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The light of truth was shining into the darkness of moral decay and spiritual delusion. John wrote it this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. The darkness could not extinguish that light. Jesus came into a world that was dark in every dimension. It was a time of darkness politically, socially, culturally, religiously, and morally. With this suffocating darkness choking the light of hope, the cry of every heart then was we could use a little good news. But where would that good news come from? Would it come from Rome, the seat of world power? But the politicians and the pundits bring the answers that people needed. They could not help them. 
with the answers, the good news would it come from Jerusalem, the seat of religious power. The priesthood had been poisoned. Religious leaders exploited the people. There was not much good news coming from there. There was no man that could bring good news. But heaven came down to earth and brought a little good news. And that is the essence of the Christmas story. That it is Emmanuel, God with us. In the little town of Bethlehem. In the solitude and obscurity of a barn. God became flesh and entered our world through the back door. Kind of sneaked into society to save us from our sins. Luke 2 and 7. And she, Mary, brought forth her firstborn son. And wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Because there was no room for them in the inn. No one on earth knew what just happened. There's no mention of a midwife there to help Mary. It seems like this couple's in the barn alone. And Mary brings forth her firstborn son, takes care of all the issues of birth, and no one knew at all. But God had a plan to get this good news out. Luke 2 and 8. And there were, In the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Alfred Edersheim and other writers of commentary on the Bible says that these shepherds to be watching their sheep by night this time of year may have been watching sheep that were destined for temple sacrifice. But regardless of that, there they are. Lower, middle class men just doing their job. Trying to keep their... Sheep safe from predators and being vigilant by night. Verse 9, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. Just common, ordinary, unassuming people. And the glory like a bright light shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. The shepherds had no idea that anything good was going on in the world. But a word from heaven came breaking into their dark world like the sun piercing through dark clouds. I was going to explain why they were afraid, but maybe that's not necessary. If you were at work and an angel suddenly appeared to you, you might also be afraid. Verse 10 And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news, good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. The angel said, Fear not. Don't be afraid of the supernatural world where God operates. Now, as I prepared this message, And I got to this point, I felt an unction from the Holy One, as the Bible said in the book of 1 John. I have a message within my message that's part of this good news of great joy, a little good news. I want to tell you today to fear not. Have you been paralyzed by fear? I'm not talking about being foolish and calling it fearlessness. Healthy fear respects real threats and 
It motivates us to prevention and preparation against things that are, are real threats to us. This angel says to them, fear not. I've observed that sometimes fear overcomes us, paralyzes us, immobilizes us. And that kind of phobia is not a healthy fear. So I want to ask you today, are you afraid of COVID or other sicknesses? Are you afraid of the future? Are you afraid of dying? The Bible said in Hebrews 2 and 15 that in the Old Testament, they, through fear of death, all their lifetime, they were subject to bondage. Fear can wrap you up in a package where you cannot function effectively. Jesus said we should not fear anyone that can only destroy the body, any disease, any person that can only destroy your body, but we should fear the one who can destroy both your body and soul in hell. The Bible said that fear has torment, but there is no fear in love that perfect love casts out fear. I'm here today to take a moment to preach against fear, amen? The Bible said that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. I've already said it, that fear can be rational or irrational. 63 times in the Bible, it says fear not. Many of those references are written to us to not be afraid. Four times in the Bible story of the birth of Jesus Christ, the Bible says fear not. Fear not Joseph to take Mary to wife. Fear not Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist. Fear not Mary, for you have found favor with God. Fear not to the shepherds, because I'm bringing you good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. I've learned in life that there's loneliness, and then there can be a spirit of loneliness. There's depression, and there can be a spirit of depression. There's fear, and then there can be a spirit of fear. But Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, I've already said it, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear. So right now I'm preaching against the spirit of fear. And if it has attacked you, would you throw it off in the name of Jesus and say, I rebuke the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus Christ. And I claim power. And I claim love. And I claim a sound mind in the name of Jesus Christ. Right now, let's take just a moment to pray against a spirit of fear that permeated our culture. Lord, in Jesus' name right now, at your bidding and prompting, I pray against the spirit of fear. I thank you, God, for good precautions. We are not, uh, we're not ignorant, Lord. We're trying to be wise. But I pray against the spirit of fear that would paralyze us, that would cause us to fear the future. For, Lord, we put our trust in you. Let's worship the Lord right now. Would you let him come on you with power, with love, with a sound mind? Let's worship the Lord again right now. Everyone, would you do this? Whether you feel fear or not, don't be stoic right now. Don't be a statue right now. Would you open your heart? Lift up your hands. Let's thank the Lord. It may not be you, but somebody. 
Some bodies are struggling with fear. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that that fear would be displaced by power, by love, by a sound mind. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This would be a good time for me to remind you that you're not spectators of a sermon, of a talk, of a speech, but we're in this together battling against the power of hell, against the effect on people's lives. That's why we've got to be engaged, whether you're seating in a, in a pew or a seat or on the platform or preaching or watching. We're in this together to battle against the kingdom of Satan and darkness of this world. Hallelujah. All the way back since March, I've been talking about the cowards and the cowboys. We got people who have been foolish and ignorant, who are I call the cowboys. They're not afraid of coronavirus. And you got the cowards who live in fear, somewhere in between there, trusting God and being wise. But even with the healthy fear of a real disease, the spirit of fear should not control us. With all protocols and wisdom and trying to do the right thing. We are not made for this world. We're citizens of heaven. We belong to Jesus Christ. And Paul said, whether in death or life, I'll bring glory to the Lord. Fear not. Fear not. We could use a little good news. Verse 10, the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings, good news, of great joy, which shall be to all people. The word gospel means good news. The story of sin that separated mankind from God is the bad news. The bad news is that sin separated us from God. The good news is that Jesus Christ dealt with our sin in his body on the cross. Hallelujah for the cross of Jesus Christ. The message that Jesus has redeemed us to God by his blood out of every kindred, tribe, nation, tongue, and people, that is the good news. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the good news that Jesus came to bring. And we spiritually subscribe to that good news. When we turn to Jesus Christ in faith, we repent of our sins, turning away from our old life. We confess and forsake our sins. We are baptized in water by immersion in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. We, we are die with Christ in repentance. We're buried with him by baptism. Amen? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we rise to walk in the newness of life. When we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, I'm glad for a little good news that changed my life. We could use a little good news. To the shepherds, this good news was Great joy, which shall be to all people. Good news of great joy. True joy is generated by the good news of the forgiveness of sins.
and eternal life. I preached about this great joy on Christmas Eve in 2017. This great joy that Jesus gives is based on salvation, not circumstances. This great joy that Jesus gives is permanent. It is not passing. And this great joy that Jesus gives is great. It is not small. It is an overwhelming joy. It is, as the Bible says, joy unspeakable and full of glory. It is joy that supersedes circumstances that it doesn't matter what is going on in our lives. We can rejoice that our names are written in heaven. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Verse 10, that very last phrase. The angel said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. I want to slow down just to work on this phrase a little bit. All people. Not just a few aristocrats, upper echelons of society. Not just a few religious people who are raised in the church. This is good news. Great joy for all people. Whether you're the biggest sinner in town or you think you're a saint and not, and you're an ain't, right? It's good news of great joy for all people. There's no one outside the scope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It will save to the uttermost and whosoever will can come and drink of the water of life freely. So if you've been really bad, don't think about Santa Claus. Think about the forgiveness of sins, the blood of Jesus Christ. If you've been naughty or nice, the blood of Jesus Christ can wash you clean from every sin. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. To them, the angel said, verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. A Savior is born. Do you understand that you need a Savior? That means that you cannot... Save yourself. A savior is someone who rescues others from evil or danger or destruction. If you were in a house that was burning to the ground and you were trapped, if a fireman came, a firefighter, and rescued you from that house, risked his life to save yours, you could say that he was my savior, she was my savior. If you were in a terrible automobile accident, car accident, and you were trapped inside your car. But the rescuers came with the jaws of life and pulled you out of your car. Life flighted you to the best trauma hospital in the state of Georgia and took care of you. You could say that any one of those professionals who were part of saving your life were your savior. What makes them a savior is that they did something for you that you could not do for yourself. They pulled you out of a circumstance that was harder than you can handle. I'm glad that I know that I cannot save myself. I cannot be good enough, godly enough. All my righteousness is but filthy rags. But when it was dead in my sins, Jesus paid the price for my sins. He is my Savior. And the angel said to the shepherds, into this day in the town of Bethlehem is born a Savior.
I'm sure they had an image in their mind of a savior. Conquering king, riding on a white horse. He's going to conquer Rome for us. He's going to defeat all of our enemies. But God had something better in mind. He saw all men, Jews and Gentiles, enslaved by sin. Haunted by habits that they could not break. God saw people whose lives were dominated by the devil. Who all their lifetime was subject to fear, the Bible says. And when the darkness of sin enveloped the world. And hopelessness set in. A savior was born. They could use a little good news. In the Old Testament, God raised up men who were like saviors. Moses saved his people from Egyptian bondage. Joshua saved them out of the land of wanderings and into Canaan. The judges saved them from their oppressors. The kings of Israel and Judah saved them from their neighboring enemies. But Christ Jesus came into the world, as Paul would write, to save sinners, he said, of whom I am chief. I'm glad that the greatest salvation that we can experience is not from a political opponent or from a a foreign fear, but it is from our sins. In Christ, Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And the world into which Jesus Christ came could use a little good news. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you Good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And Christmas is the celebration that Jesus has come to bring good news of great joy to all people. Then this announcement on that lonely, probably starlit night, as shepherds watch their flocks by night. The angel said, And this shall be a sign to you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger, a little feed trough where animals came to eat and slobbered over their food. And in that that manger, in that feed trough, in a barn, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. What an unlikely place for a king to be born. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. We could use a little good news. And the coming of Jesus Christ is more than a little good news. These shepherds... They didn't stand around. Luke 2.15 said it came to pass when the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem in the middle of the night and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And then the Bible said, and when they had seen it, 
They made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at all those things which were told them by the shepherds. You see, when you find a little good news, you ought to share it. Your friends, your family members, your co-workers, your neighbors. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Share the good news of great joy that Jesus Christ is born. That he will take away their sins. He will give them power over sin. He will give them peace that passes understanding. He will give them joy that cannot be explained, that is permanent and not passing. He will give them eternal life. And the shepherds, when they heard this good news, they ran to Jesus Christ. And when you hear good news, that's what you should do. You should run to Jesus Christ, the source of good news and the Savior of the world. Drop everything you're doing. They said, let us go even now. Middle of the night, we've got these sheep. Maybe they left some guy there that had to be the sheep watcher while they went to see Jesus. But they went immediately. They dropped everything they were doing. And they went to go see Jesus Christ. And I want to say to you, and maybe you're not in the sanctuary today. Maybe you're watching online. That you need to drop everything that you're doing. And you need to run as fast as you can to Jesus Christ. Because he's ready to bring you good news of great joy. And it is for all people. Would you bow your heads right now? Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. For in this house right now and watching online. Are people whose lives are marred by sin. They're sitting here today, Lord, five days from Christmas. Filled with fear, shell-shocked by the events of 2020, trying to wrap their brain around anything good. I pray, Lord, against the paranoia that has infected our culture. Worse than COVID-19, Lord, is the fear that has been struck in the hearts of many people. The fear of an uncertain future, Lord, the fear of what will come in 2021. But I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ that you would help someone today turn from their sins. That they would repent, Lord God, right now. That they would run to Jesus. Jesus in your name. Would you look this way please? Just a few moments we're going to sing but not yet. I want to ask you the question. If you were to die tonight. If you were to die tonight or today. Would you spend eternity in heaven or would you spend eternity in hell? 
Have your sins been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ? Or are you carrying the weight of sin? Christmas is not just a cute little season about a little baby. When Jesus spoke of the cross, He said, for this cause came I into the world. This is why I came. The business of the church and my business right now is not just to give you a message, an oratorical presentation of the birth of Jesus. It's to pull you out of the fire of hell. That's my mission today. The good news is you don't need to spend one more day in sin. You don't need to spend one more day in fear. The perfect love of God can cast out fear for you. So right now would be a good time to receive a little good news and ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins. I don't know know who I'm talking to right now. I'm not just using preacher language. I really don't know who I'm talking to, a person. I don't have a person in mind. Maybe you're just faking it. Pretending to be something that you're not. When you breathe your last breath and your brain activity ceases and they declare you clinically dead, you will be in eternal torments or in the presence of the Lord forever. And Jesus came with more than a little good news to deliver us from our fear, to deliver us from hell. And at Christmas time, let's make this more than just about a baby in a manger are all the secular celebrations of Christmas. Let's run to Jesus. And then if you're one like me who's already run to Him, let's run, tell the world that there's a Savior who can save them from their sins. Today when we pray, if you need salvation, If you need to be reconciled to God, pray back through to salvation. You can come pray. And if we get full in the front here, we'll let you know. But there's room for you to come pray. There's room for you at the cross of Jesus Christ. And if you need a little good news, Jesus Christ can help you face the future without fear.